This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. So with Amy on Joy 94.9, the time is one minute past the hour of nine. Thanks so much to the Worldwide Wave team for another fantastic show. Tonight on Kiss My Arts, we delve into the exciting new world of crowdfunding. But is it really new? What is it? How does it work? And is it right to get fans to pay for an album release? We chat with Anna from crowdfunding website Possible to find out all the gory details. We'll also be joined by Tom Dickens, who will share his experiences of being involved with Possible. Also on Kiss My Arts tonight, we chat with Melbourne funk soul band Sasquatch with their slick licks, funky rhythms and sultry vocals. They are taking over the world with their music. Literally, Sasquatch are currently jetting around the globe on tour, supporting their new, very, very hot off the press album, which was released last Friday. They'll be joining us from Edinburgh, Scotland, on the phone to talk about life as part of a nine-piece funk band. So kick back, relax, fill up that glass and enjoy an hour of the latest in new music. This is the single off Leave It All Behind, the debut album from Sasquatch. It's called Your Love, you're in Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. That was Your Love by Melbourne Sunk Funk, Sunk Fall, there's a new genre for you, Funk Soul Band Sasquatch. We'll be chatting with Sasquatch later on in the show. But first, we're going to be talking about crowdfunding. Now, Possible is a crowdfunding platform and community for creative projects and ideas. Developed for creative-minded people to raise funds, realise their aspirations and make great things possible. The crowdfunding model is simple. An artist uploads their idea to the crowdfunding website and then promotes it through social media. If the fundraising is successful, the website takes a small cut. For possible, it's about 4 to 5%. And if not, the artist isn't out of pocket. Its very simplicity means that crowdfunding is booming. Possible receives about 150 project submissions a month and the number is growing. A number of artists that have joined us on Kiss My Arts have used Possible, and we've even discovered the possibility that it might be the new music business model that us musicians have been waiting and hoping for. We have the pleasure of chatting more about this with the Head of Marketing and Communications at Possible. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's wonderful to have you here to enlighten us about this phenomenon that is taking over the creative world, crowdfunding. Now, first, before we get into the nuts and bolts of crowdfunding, what's your role at Possible? Um, my role is a little bit hard to explain, I suppose. I mean, Possible is a startup, so as with all startups, it's a little bit all hands on deck. There's four of us. Uh, there's two co-founders um, whose name are, are Rick Chen and Alan Crabb, who started the company two years ago in Sydney. And then I came on board about four months ago. And I come from a journalism background. I was a journalist with Fairfax before I worked here. So I kind of do a little bit of everything, but 
arts partnerships, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So it's a pretty tight knit, it's pretty small, intense it's, group. It's cozy. So, can you explain in a nutshell what Possible is and what it does? Right. In a nutshell, Possible is a crowdfunding platform. That's what we call it. Um, but to simplify that, it's a website where people can put up a project or an idea and raise money from the worldwide audience over the internet. Um, and Possible is just for creative projects. So every project has to have a creative outcome. Okay. So what things can't be funded? Um We don't accept charity projects, so the Red Shield Appeal Mm -hmm. can't raise Mm -hmm. money on Possible. Um, We are a platform created for musicians, filmmakers, artists, designers, writers, basically anyone with a creative idea. Um, That said, creativity is pretty broadly defined, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. an app game or a piece of, you know, new technology would still qualify. Um, And that's... That's basically it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So the way that I understand it to work is that a creative person, whether it be an app developer or a musician or an actor or whatever it is that is creative, jumps onto a possible website and launches a page or a campaign for their project. But in order to get the money, a pledging process has to happen from their fan base Absolutely. How does all of that work and what's in it for Possible? Right. Well, in a nutshell, you go online, you put up your idea, um, preferably with a video and some other stuff saying this is who I am and what I do and what I want the money for. Um, You have to set a target of how much money you want to raise and you have to set a time frame in which to raise it. Now, the time frame is up to 90 days, but it doesn't have to be that long. Um, and you have to hit the target in order to get anything. So it's all or nothing is the key part of it. So if you get 99% of the way there and you don't hit the target, then you still get nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and does, does that happen? Um, it actually doesn't happen very often because generally people find a way to get grandma or... <laughs> to pitch in that last $1.50 <laughs> yeah, or whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and often you find projects that will raise more than half of their budget in the last couple of days because there's a real drive to get over the line in order to get anything. Um, and the idea is that you're drawing from your own social network and your friends' networks and beyond. Um, so some of the support might come from complete strangers. Some of it might come from Facebook friends you haven't seen in years. Some of it might come from your mum. Right. Um, so when when the fans pledge money to this artist for their creative cause, yep. whether it be an album release or a theatre production or a whatever, um, is the money collected straight away or does it go into a pool that is then distributed later on? it's pledged initially. You pledge an amount and you pick your rewards. So the rewards are tangible things or intangible experiences. So it can be anything from a copy of the album or a digital download right through to, you know, a private gig in your backyard if you're willing to pledge enough. So you can actually pledge anything in theory. You can, you can pledge up to any amount of money, um, but there are restrictions around what you can offer in terms of rewards. So you can't offer financial returns. Right. You can't say, hey, if the album does really well, I'll give you a cut. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because the investment laws prevent us from doing that. So it's kind of all of it is basically a bit of a pre-sale mechanism for artists to actually reach their audience and engage their fan base. And the idea is that if you do well, you will actually make new fans. Mm-hmm and Mm -hmm. create an invested audience for whatever you're doing. What's one of the most bizarre rewards that has been offered 
that um, you've come across? <laughs> um, you see all sorts of things. I mean, we've had... There was one in New Zealand where somebody offered... Someone who was selling camera equipment offered to... Uh, yell out the fan's name over a mountain in Queenstown (laughs) (laughs) as a thank you, which I thought was pretty good. Um, But, you know, we've also had uh, people offer to do, like, golf lessons or personal training lessons if someone in the band was a personal trainer as a day job. We've had people um, offer to be an extra in their film. These are kind of all really standard things. Mm So, I mean, I can't... But it's limitless, really. It's it's totally limitless. Up to the creativity of... It's the, the more weird and wacky and inventive and stuff, the better. So... Possible itself doesn't actually do any of the promotion or the marketing for the artist. No, we don't. No. So it's still up to the artist. Absolutely. To get it on the the website, but then to also drive drive the campaign through social media or... Absolutely. And about 45% of our traffic comes from social media. So it really is about harnessing the power of social media in Mm -hmm. order to translate people who like you into actually buying mm-hmm. content or purchasing your art or tickets to your gig or whatever it is that you're doing. So that's the, the background to Possible. We'll, we'll just take a, a quick break. We're actually going to speak with Tom Dickens on the phone in just a minute, who is actually one of the most, if not the most successful Possible campaigners um, thus far, well surpassing his target goal um, of $10,000. He well surpassed that. We're going to be speaking with him on the phone and also later I'll be speaking more with Anna about the the possible implications of Possible, um, whether this has a knock-on effect to the music industry, to the other creative industries and we'd like some of your feedback as well. If you're a musician or a creative person, I'm sure at some point you'll be using Possible. Text your thoughts to 0427 JOY 949 or on air at joy.org.au. The time is 13 minutes past the hour of nine. You're on the Kiss My Arts show with Amy on JOY 94.9. JOY 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Arts show with Amy on JOY 94.9. The time is 14 minutes past nine. Tonight on Kiss My Arts, we are talking about the crowdfunding website Possible, and we have Anna in the studio with us talking about all of that. Next, we're going to speak with Tom Dickens. Tom Dickens is an independent musician, singer, songwriter, performer and director based in Melbourne. He's a solo artist and also a founding member and one half of the Jane Austen argument. Tom's Possible campaign is the most successful music fundraising campaign in Australian history. More than 500 people donated funds for his project, each receiving handwritten lyric sheets and, for one person who donated $750, a private gig in their lounge room. Tom reached his $10,000 goal in just 15 hours and has raised more than $25,000 by the time donations closed last month. It wasn't the first time he'd tried crowdfunding, His band, The Jane Austen Argument, raised $9,000 towards their debut album last year. Tom is involving fans in the overall project more than most artists do. Half the songs on the album will be written in response to their suggestions, and artwork has been supplied by supporters. 
We have Tom on the line to talk to us about his experiences using Posible. But before we find out more about his famously successful Posible campaign, let's take a listen to some of his music. This one's called Stay the Same. The time is 16 minutes past nine on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Art show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is 20 minutes past the hour of nine. You've been listening to a beautiful track called Stay the Same by Tom Dickens. Tom Dickens is an independent Melbourne musician, a singer, songwriter and performer and also one half of the Jane Austen argument. Tom's possible campaign was extremely successful and we have Tom on the line to talk to us about his experiences using the crowdfunding website Possible. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Tom, how does it feel to be the owner of a very successful music fundraising campaign? It, it feels amazing. It's enabled me to make the record that I really want to make, so I'm very grateful. So I believe that you actually reached your goal of $10,000 in just 15 hours. Yeah, that's right. We um we went to sleep. Um, uh, the campaign launched at midday. We went to sleep at sort of midnight and then woke up to five text messages at about sort of four or five in the morning and, and we'd hit it. <laughs> wow. How do you think you achieved this? Why do you think your campaign was so successful? Um, it, it was a number of factors. Um, I, I think the the whole attitude, the whole um, aspect of crowdfunding that a lot of people underestimate is um, that the work campaign really does start about six months before you launch it. So I spent a lot of time uh, talking to people who support my music already, people who attended my shows, families and friends, and asked them for suggestions of what would make them excited and what would make them want to get involved. And I really sort of analysed. Um, the whole crowdfunding movement as a form of audience participation. So the centre of the campaign was people who pledged get to have a behind-the-scenes access to not just the recording and release process, but to the actual writing process, where they're able to offer feedback and ideas and, and suggest new concepts for songs. So I, th- I think that part of it was rooted in that. Um, also, it was just a classic matter of it was the right campaign at the right time. Um, it was just on the heels of Amanda's, Amanda Palmer's campaign, yeah, yeah. which had been incredibly successful. And so people would, um, and particular Australian audiences, although crowdfunding has been around for a lot longer, were starting to get really excited about the way that it could affect the future of music. So... I think that would that's my answer. <laughs> and and how important do you think this crowdfunding model is for independent artists? Oh, I think it's really vital. I think um for a lot of people, you know, we're losing a lot of revenue streams from um, you know, the sale of music and music piracy, which is yeah. broadly seen as a bad thing, but I actually um think has been a really good vehicle for people getting more exposure. Um and also it's but that's having a direct effect on on labels and labels' capacities to 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 choose and select artists, and now the crowd gets to choose what they listen to and, and who they want to support. So I think it's it's a really exciting, but also a really vital way for artists to make what they want to make. Uh, do you think that it's made record labels obsolete or unnecessary? 
Um, well, I, I think I think it's a bit early to say mm. that because I think um, you know music labels have have shown in the past through technological shifts ways of jumping on board and being a part of whatever the new social movement is. Yeah. So I, I think there's definitely room for for labels to grow and evolve in that way. And for certain artists that don't want to um, to work in this way and to have that sort of you know direct um, interaction necessarily there's probably still room for labels but I think it's actually meaning that artists who don't necessarily fit the moulds for a label mm. can can make the work they want to make and realise um, the potential that they have. Because you're an independent artist I believe yeah. so you're not signed to a label at the moment? No I'm not, um, my, my partner manages my solo career mm-hmm. and um, the Jane Austen argument we, we sort of manage ourselves um, and so, but there's no label involvement, and it's it's just us and and the incredible people that support the music. <laughs> so, as an independent artist, obviously, um, you know, if you're trying to fund a creative project, some some creatives may have to get a loan or go into debt or rely on money from their parents. But with possible, what does that actually mean? For you, I mean, you know, not having to rely on a loan or a grant, for example. Um, I, I think there's a certain amount of creative freedom um, because generally the people that are supporting the process, uh, the project, sorry, um, support you and and the creative decision making that you're going to make. So I think there's a, a lot of freedom in the directions that a project can take. Um, I, I personally have taken out personal loans and borrowed money from everyone who will to get my career to this point. Um, but this, for my solo record, this is um, entirely funded by the people who already appreciate my approach and believe in, in my capacity to create. <laughs> so, Tom, you've actually used Possible before for your band, the Jane Austen argument. Yes, so, that's right. Did you find it difficult to go back and ask fans for money again? Do you think that there may there's a limit on how much uh, fans will, will give to support their, their artists? Um, I, I think that people definitely need to be aware of their limitations. I, I mean, I think once my solo records come out, I don't think that it's something I will necessarily be able to return to as a platform mm. because hopefully the, the record, hopefully it's the sort of kickstart so that the record will generate enough income to support the next project, yeah. etc. Um, in terms of going from the Jane Austen arguments record into my solo record, I, I didn't have an issue there um, because... Uh, the two projects are quite different um, and and the approaches are quite different and there'd been enough time between the two and people had seen uh, the first project, the Jane Austen Arguments record, carried through from conception to release and so I think that actually built up a level of trust. Yeah, um, sure. Which which meant that people believed from the the word go that that this record would happen. (laughs) Yeah. So now that you've not only reached your goal but well and truly surpassed it, what do you plan on doing with this funding? Um, Well, the project uh, culminated, I think, two months ago. And so um, some of the funds have been spent on setting up... um, Well, a lot of the funds actually go directly to the rewards, actually, (laughs) Um, which I think a lot of project creators um, sometimes forget that you actually Mm -hmm. have to to build that into the budget. Um, But I've been... 
the first half of the project is the creation of the material, um, which is half from old material being reworked and half from the suggestions of the people that pledged. So that's been the last two months, writing a lot of new material and, and rescuing a lot of songs from the vault. Um, and then and now we're in the process of um, selecting a producer and getting ready for studio. And then it's, I guess the exceeding of the funds really means that we can give the record the, the biggest push possible yeah. once it is out. You know, we can try and distribute it in ways that independent musicians can't always afford to do. Um, and try and actually get it heard by the right people. <laughs> yeah. Look, Tom, thank you so much for your time and sharing all of your insight about Possible. Um, if people are keen to, to check out your music and to become part of your music community, do you have a website that they can head to? Or Yeah, yeah it's just tomdickens.net. And Dickens is spelled D-S-C-K-I-N-S. I-N-S. Not, not like Charles. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's TomDickens.net. Tom, thank you so much for your time. All the best. Oh, thanks for having me. Have it's a, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. See ya. That's Tom Dickens, a very, very successful Possible campaigner. More on Possible right after this. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Arts show on Joy 94.9. The time is half past nine. Sasquatch are an energetic nine-piece band from our town, Melbourne. Taking cues from the likes of James Brown and Aretha Franklin, as well as New York's banging modern soul scene, Sasquatch smash out their live show hard, rough and tight, just like the old days. I had the absolute pleasure of heading to their single launch at the newly refurbished and incredible Ding Dong Lounge, and I can tell you it was a bloody fantastic night. Sasquatch played to a sold-out crowd. There was soul, there was funk, there was dancing and there was sweat. They've just released an incredible debut album called Leave It All Behind. And they've done just that. They've packed up their bags and headed on a global tour to support the release of their album. It really is a killer of an album. I've reviewed it and given it six out of five passionate kisses. Head to joy.org.au forward slash kissmyarts to check out the review. Sasquatch join us from Edinburgh in Scotland in just a minute to talk about life in the nine-piece funk lane. Before we get chatting, let's check out another one of the tracks from their awesome new album. This one's called Coca-Cola. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Arts show with Amy on Joy 94.9. We have got Liam from Sasquatch on the line, Melbourne's nine-piece funk slash soul band. Liam, you there? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Hi, thank you so much for joining us, Liam. Whereabouts in the world are you right now? Uh, we're just in Edinburgh at the moment in Scotland, just uh, soundtracking for a couple of shows at the Spiegel Tent this week. Ah, oh, uh, so part you're... of the sort of fringe. Is that that's part of the the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. I think there's a slight delay across those many, many miles of oceans that uh, we are now communicating across, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, Liam, tell us a little bit about your um, your experiences on the tour so far. Sure. Um, well, basically, we got to Edinburgh about a week and a half ago, and we've been playing uh, shows at the uh, sort of infamous late and live night at the uh, Gilded Balloon. It's the 
pretty historic in terms of uh, late night comedy at the festival. Uh, sort of a sort of proving ground for a lot of comedians, including uh, like uh, Robin Williams and, and some pretty high profile uh, Australian comedians as well, like Adam Mills. But also musically, um, in terms of uh, the Cat Empire, who's, who played uh, that sort of slot uh, for about three years consecutively and sort of really sort of uh, made a name for themselves over here. So, Liam, you guys played earlier in the year at the Golden Plains Festival and you've had appearances at Falls Festival. You've supported Earth, Wind and Fire and Hypnotic Brass Ensemble, all sorts of crazy things. I've just heard that you guys are playing at this year's Meredith Music Festival. It just seems like all of this success is coming all at once. But has it? Where did it all begin for Sasquatch? Uh well, it all began about, uh, say, three years ago, uh, just as sort of uh, a busking sort of band, just uh, sort of playing our favourite sort of songs and sort of jamming, mucking around out the front of Flinders Street Station. Um, and then gradually, I guess, we sort of became more and more interested in writing our own material and uh, playing, I guess, more uh, more music where uh, that was sort of closer to our heart, uh, soul, mm-hmm. uh, sort of funky and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I guess, you know, this year's been great, but uh, it's sort of been, um, I guess, you know, sort of three years in the making yeah. to sort of really, uh, you know, playing at teeth, uh, playing at Cherry every Thursday. So you started by by gigging out the front of Flinders Street Station? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, incredible. What kind of, um, were you doing covers at that point? Uh, yeah, mainly covers, uh, a couple of sort of original uh, efforts. and uh, But, yeah, it's just mainly sort of our, our favourite sort of, Songs of the time, sort of, uh, you know, covers of uh, great soul songs, a couple of jazz sort of heads. So, so Liam, have you always been uh, a musician and have you always been playing funk and soul? Um, uh, I guess myself, I come from mainly a sort of, yeah, uh, jazz actually sort of background. I studied uh, along with most of the band at the, the College of the Arts in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, just sort of a, more of a, a jazz grounding uh, in terms of uh, training. But uh, musically, I guess it's all, always sort of uh, headed towards the sort of funk style sort of side of things. Uh, also, you know, R and lot of R and B and lot of sort of the Afro bass, Ethio jazz, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I guess you know most of the band uh, pretty similar sort of taste and really really loving the soul R and B. And I think everyone else is loving it too, Liam. Thank you. Um, so you guys have just released your debut album, Leave It All Behind, which came out on Friday, which, by the way, I've reviewed as a six out of five. Tell oh, us- wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, tell us a bit about the process of it all coming together. Um, well, basically, the album sort of uh, is a bit of a sort of culmination of uh, the last uh, two or three years of uh uh, really sort of, uh, I guess, yeah, cutting out teeth and really writing uh, writing the first sort of batch of songs. Like it's, it just really is what it is. It's a sort of uh, a group sort of effort to sort of really come together and, and write an album. Um, it sort of happened over the last uh, year in a couple of different sort of sessions. Um, and it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's taken... Uh, taking the time to sort of really get together, but uh, I guess you know, pretty, really happy with the result. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. And very tight. And I mean, you can tell that there's been a lot of thought and a lot of effort and time that's gone into this. But Liam, with nine band members, what is the writing process like? Is it a big collaborative process or is there an organised system of sort of taking a number and waiting your turn? Uh, well, it's, it sort of varies a little bit, but uh, I guess the sort of general uh, way it works, uh, I, I guess uh, I write most of the sort of tunes and then bring it into the band for a sort of, uh, sort of collaborative sort of uh, finishing touch sort of uh, idea. But um, I guess uh, myself working uh, closely with uh, a few of the members to sort of really get the songs into shape as well. So, um, yeah, I guess it's a... A collaborative uh, effort to some extent. Yeah. Cool. And and what's coming up next for Sasquatch? You've obviously got the Meredith Music Festival um, lined up, and uh, have you got anything else that you can share with us? Yeah. Well, we're, apart from the, the Meredith uh, slot, which uh, we're very very lucky to have, uh, we're touring the album in September October nationally. So. It's actually our first sort of extensive national tour, so really excited about that. Fantastic, and um, and Liam, where can where can listeners head to check out your music and uh, you know stay attuned with everything that you've got going on? Sure, I uh, just head to sasquatch.com.au and you can sort of uh, find your way to sort of anything you sort of need from there. Fantastic. Liam, thank you so much for your time. I know you're doing a sound check at the moment and getting all all sorted for the day. So I appreciate your time and we appreciate having you on the show and we appreciate this incredible new album. So thank you so much and all the best. Uh, thank you very much, Amy, and thanks for the support. No worries. All the best. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. No, thanks, Amy. Bye. That was Liam from uh, Melbourne funk soul band Sasquatch who are currently in the uh, oh, currently performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I'll play more of their tunes later on in the show and of course head to Sasquatch that's S-A-S-K W-A-T-C-H dot com dot A-U you're on the Kiss My Art show with Amy on Joy 94.9 Well hello this is Butterfly Boucher on Kiss My Arts with Amy, the lovely Amy, on Joy 94.9. Yes, indeed you are on Joy 94.9. The time is nearly a quarter to ten. I hope you've got that glass filled and are kicking back and relaxing on your Monday night. We've had a fantastic show so far. I've still got Anna here from the crowdfunding website Possible. Uh, Possible is a platform and community for creative projects and ideas to develop and unfold, to raise funds and realise the creative aspirations and dreams of creatives. We have the pleasure of chatting more about this with Anna, who is Head of Marketing and Communications at Possible. Anna, thank you for joining us on the show. Thanks for having us. Now, I've just had a text message come through from Sarah from Noble Park. She says, I do artwork and paint. Can I use that website? Absolutely. I mean, Possible isn't just for musicians. Um, obviously, it works well for musicians, um, as it has done for Tom. Um, but it's actually for any kind of artist. Um, it works particularly well for visual artists because it becomes a way that you can actually sell your artwork. Although we would cur- encourage people to think about how expensive it is to post paintings mm-hmm. <laughs> overseas. <laughs> uh, of course, because you have... Um 
pledges from all around the world. Yeah, absolutely. We get about, uh, we've now, I think we're just about to hit $5 million in pledges and we've got over 50,000 users um, and we've had over 1,500 projects. So, and we get pledges from about 71 different countries. Wow. Um, And we even accept multiple currency now. So it sort of comes from everywhere and... I mean, we had one uh, visual arts project, which was the an artist called Sarah Lanark, who's based in Auckland, who actually does um, the artwork for Ladyhawk. She does all the album covers for Ladyhawk's work, and she did a, ran a campaign to try to raise two and a half grand to get a last-minute airfare to fly to London to exhibit <laughs> at the launch of Ladyhawk's new album, and um, she ended up raising three times that amount nearly, and suddenly found herself having to do about thirty original prints, um, <laughs> including, and I think three, you know, uh, hand-painted portraits of, you know, from you know people, including a, a boss that she hadn't seen in years, who she didn't wow. even think liked her. So, so it's sort of, she's now got this enormous project involved in actually delivering the rewards, which was ma- way more important ultimately than the show. So I, I wonder if uh, at any point these rewards end up costing more than the actual well, pledges or Yeah, worth. we do encourage people to... I mean, the, the key with crowdfunding is planning. Mm-hmm. It really all comes down to coming up with a budget and a strategy and actually planning way before you actually launch, actually thinking about how mm-hmm. much money you need, mm-hmm. what it's for, and how you're going to reach an audience. And that's obviously where Tom's Tom Dickens' campaign success has come from, as he mentioned so where did crowdfunding come from or where did it begin? Um, it actually began, f- I mean, crowdfunding, I guess, as a concept, the idea of asking lots of people for small amounts mm. of money probably is as old as, you know, the hills. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, in terms of as an online phenomenon or a social media phenomenon, it actually is more than 10 years old. I think the first platform was probably Celeband, which was just for musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a while for it to catch on and it took a while for... Um, to get the model right. Um, So there are different platforms all over the world that have slightly different structures in place. And I think that for creative projects especially, the concept of having the all or nothing Mm. and the Mm. rewards-based system actually works really well um, for musicians especially. I do believe that there is, as you mentioned, a couple of similar websites around the world. Kickstarter is another one that I've come across. And since their launch in April 2009, more than 24,000 creative projects have been successfully funded. Since 2009, April, $325 million has been pledged to creative projects through Kickstarter alone. That's a whole lot more money than even our arts grants can offer. In fact, it's no surprise that independent festival operators, often frustrated by a lack of government support, have also turned to crowdfunding as a way of tapping into their existing supporter base. And not only that, but crowdfunding has taken a step further. The crowdfunding site GoFundMe is currently raising money to pay the parking fines a New York couple amassed as they sat by their sick son in hospital. This is the beauty of crowdfunding. It actually can be used for an enormous variety of things. I mean, there was one campaign to send a bus driver 
in um, upstate New York who got bullied by her horrible high school children who she had to drive to school on a holiday. And the aim was to raise five grand. They ended up raising, I think, nearly $700,000 to send her on probably the best holiday ever. Um, But I suppose it works. There are different platforms for different things. And Kickstarter is like possible Mm. in that it's only for creative projects. Mm -hmm. But Kickstarter Mm -hmm. only operates in the US. That's right. And I think um, I read... So you actually need a US bank account. Yeah. And one of the things that um, the the possible co-founder, Rick Chen, says that that the possible site was born largely from necessity as several other of these international sites required users to have overseas addresses and bank accounts. So Rick, the the folk the foe counter <laughs> the, the founder of possible has obviously seen that this is such a successful model and has brought it here to Australia. Well, the funny thing about Possible is it started, you know, it's like in, in IT terms, everything moves so fast. The, all of these businesses are only a couple of years old. I mean, Possible is only about probably less than a year younger than Kickstarter. Um, but, it is a, but it is the dominant platform in Australia and it does cater to Australians. So we have relationships mm. with lots mm. of arts organisations and festivals and funding bodies and schools and, you know, all these kinds of people who support artists anyway, we actually have relationships with them. So, and that's something that you can only get, I suppose, if you're an Australian musician, we have a relationship with APRA, for example. Um, and, you know, we have relationships with Melbourne Fringe, with um, Sydney Fringe, with uh, Metro Screen. Um, all of these sorts of organisations that support emerging creatives and we actually work with them to try and facilitate how they can actually bring uh, bring together crowdfunding with other kinds of government support. Do you think then that, that Possible and other similar platforms may actually be a way of the future for creatives? Because, I mean... As a creative, you rely so heavily on arts funding. Uh, it's so competitive to, to get arts funding. I mean, it, I've spoken to so many musicians on Kiss My Arts who just uh, sort of bashing their heads against brick walls about where they can actually fund their projects. And here we go. Here is a platform that does exactly that. Well, this is the thing. I mean, it's interesting. Just last week I was in Adelaide um, I've been kind of, we've been following the Australia Council around the country as they've been hosting uh, seminars on crowdfunding, trying to teach people how to do it and how, how to be more successful at doing it. Um, and one of the interesting things is you see it as being, we're kind of finally seeing crowdfunding actually come together with traditional forms of arts funding and how mm-hmm. they might be able to help each other. Um, I mean, it's, I think it is definitely going to change the way that music especially is supported because increasingly you'll find that even record labels will turn to this as a proof of concept and they'll want to see a band that hasn't rather than investing 50 or 60 thousand dollars in a band who's undiscovered they're going to say no we actually want to see what the what the public what the audience thinks of you before we pour all that money into recording an, Mm. an album so you're going to actually see music and film especially these really expensive art forms go that way um but at the same time, there'll always be a place for arts funding for things that are, you know, harder harder to find public support for or harder to commercialise in the first place. So it really is still in, in its infancy, I guess. There's a lot, Absolutely. A lot to come from this, this platform and... Uh 
It's all very exciting, though. So thank you for sharing your insight. Now, Anna, My pleasure. I do believe in another life outside of possible. You actually well, you tell us a little bit about closet. <laughs> well, my alter ego. Uh, by day, I work as a crowd funder. By night, I run a dance party called Closet, which is a. Uh, we like to say that it's a, a night for homosexuals and those who love them. That's that's what we call it. Um, and we started it about three years ago um, and we ran it for a while. Uh, I run it with a uh, fabulous gay man who lives in Sydney now. And um, the first one, we thought a few of our friends would come along and we might get a few hundred people and then about 1,200 people turned up. Um, and so... We ran that with that for a while and we had some really great DJs and did some really cool stuff and then we had got real jobs and had to take a <laughs> bit of a hiatus from party planning for a while and now we've decided to come back and give it another go. And I do believe that there is something coming up this very week. There is something coming up this very week. We actually have our second party back um, on Friday at a club on first floor uh, on Brunswick Street called First Floor, um, and it's uh, we had a poster competition to decide uh, who our fir- our first poster was of Freddie Mercury. And was it possible funded? It was not possible funded. <laughs> it was uh, door door price funded, um, and this time around we had a poster competition. To see who would uh, what uh, closeted or rumoured to be closeted celebrity might appear on the poster ah. and Tom Cruise was a popular choice <laughs> in light of him being in the news so we have a Tomcat divorce wake as the theme for the party <laughs> um, so we're encouraging wife fronts and socks and shirts on the dance floor or Top Gun jumpsuits that sort of thing Fantastic and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight it's been a pleasure to talk thank to you. Thank you very much for having me. And Thank you so much to Tom Dickens as well for his insight into his possible campaign. That's Tom Tom Dickens, that's D-I-C-K-I-N-S dot net for more about Tom. And also thanks so much to Liam from the nine-piece soul funk band Sasquatch. Head to sasquatch.com.au. That's S-A-S-K, sasquatch.com.au. Next week on Kiss My Arts, we chat with another Melbourne band who are really going places. They've also just released their debut album and have been featured on Kiss My Arts in the past. They're a band that sounds as though they could be from Scandinavia and are fresh as the Swiss mountain air, but they are indeed from our hometown, Melbourne. You'll love their eccentric blend of hypnotic, interlocking, disco-like rhythms, swirling synthesizers, luscious ethereal harmonies and catchy riffs. They are alpine and they'll be joining us next week on Kiss My Arts. Also coming up next week, we have Amber Miller joining us. Amber is a dancer with the Eiffman Ballet. Eiffman Ballet is arguably Russia's most exciting modern ballet company and is touring Australia for the first time this month. The company's namesake director and choreographer Boris Eiffman is considered the face of modern dance in Russia and is bringing his 50 elite dancers to our shores to perform new works including Tchaikovsky and Anna Karenina. Looking forward to sharing all of that with you next week on Kiss My Arts. Before I officially say goodbye to you tonight, we have just got this. Joy 94.9. 
You're on the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is two and a half minutes to the hour of 10. Thank you so much for listening in to a fantastic show tonight with Anna from Possible with Tom Dickens and Sasquatch. Thank you so much to everybody. Before I hand you over to the wonderful team at Our Voice, I'm going to leave you with another track from Sasquatch. This one's called I Could Be Wrong. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.